0: This is the Great Shot Podcast, a Crack Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Network production. My name is Alex Gruskin. It's Wimbledon Preview Week here at Crack Rackets. As we know, it's our job to prepare all of you tennis fans for everything that will unfold at the year's third major. That's why we're dedicating this show to previewing Wimbledon this week. We're going to cover the event from every possible angle, prepare you for the contenders who will be competing for the title. We'll name the players we think might emerge as dark horses throughout the course of the event. Of course, we'll forecast how we expect the Americans to perform. We'll break down the draws when they do come out. It will be a jam-packed week of coverage relating to all things Wimbledon here on this show this week. And perhaps some of you are wondering why the Great Shot podcast feed, not the Mini Break podcast feed for this content. It's because we still have a bunch of tour-level events unfolding in the this week prior to the start of Wimbledon. Still plenty of the top players in the world hoping to get a few more grass court reps in before the year's third major begins. As such, we're keeping the mini break podcast current day focused. This will be the place for all of our Wimbledon preview content. And thankfully, I'm excited as I will have a slew of informative and honestly, exceptional guests joining me throughout the course of the week to again break down Wimbledon from every angle it will be a fantastic series of podcasts that we know all of you listeners will enjoy of course if you do end up enjoying them we always appreciate leave a review like rate subscribe share these episodes with your friends of course follow us Twitter Instagram Facebook YouTube at Cracked Rackets you want to follow me directly I'm at AL Gruskin again we got other podcasts as well The mini break podcast feed rocking and rolling Monday through Friday, cracked interviews, talking with so many players, coaches still involved, engaged with the game. And then, of course, we've got our Breakpoint show, which break down every episode of the Netflix docuseries. Myself, Gil Gross, offering our candid thoughts on the new show, what it's done for the sport. So a lot of great content, happening right now here at Crack Rackets. You can find all of it on our website, crackrackets.com, or wherever you listen to your podcast. That said, you came here to this Great Shot podcast today to prepare for 2023 Wimbledon. So without further ado, let's get to it. Here is one of our many fantastic conversations preparing all of you tennis fans for the year's third major to finally begin. West off, let's get to today's show. Joining us on the podcast once again today to help break down our women's dark horse candidates entering the 2023 Wimbledon is a returning champion here on our Crack Rackets shows. A man you all know best as a Crack Rackets contributor and writer for oh so many different platforms in the tennis world. It is Always a pleasure to be joined by my fellow Wolverine and dear friend, David Gertler. David, hey, great shot. Welcome back to the show. How are you doing today, my friend?
1: I am doing great. And it's funny you mentioned Wolverines. My my, my first friend at Michigan, Sam Popper, just I don't know if you saw the news, is now the assistant the uh, Recruiting director for Michigan football team. I, I, you know, I started, I saw him when he was starting out and now he's made it to the big time and it, I'm very happy for him. Um, and it's great for the program as well.
0: I had no idea where you were taking that. If you were going to ask me about the Michigan men's tennis head coaching opening, which has now emerged, I, Didn't know, I I thought you were going to say your buddy just got, I was like, this is going to be breaking news. Uh, This is fascinating, but no, it is always a pleasure to have you. And yeah, I'm excited for today's conversation because where I want to start, even before we get into any specific names is just more broadly, you know, 30,000 foot view as we approach this 2023 Wimbledon. And I thought I've been kicking around on our Cracked Rackets podcast is I do feel the absence of Ashley Barty is most pronounced on this surface more than any other surface because I think you look at hard courts and you see Sabalenka and you see Rabakina and obviously everything Iga's done over the past 18 months and you just look at the level and as simple as the eye test you say yeah that's what Grand Slam winning tennis should look like obviously on the clay courts. I don't know when the next time Iga's going to lose a match at the French Open. That's obviously a discussion we can have at a different time. But as we approach this Wimbledon... I understand Elena Rabakina won the title last year. I understand Jabur made the final. I understand Sabalenka's made a semifinal. I even understand Igo Swiatek, for what it's worth, won a Wimbledon Junior singles title. And you feel like, I oh, that, works, well, but, anyway. but here's what I'm saying is eventually she's just really good at tennis and she'll figure it out eventually. I understand all of that. But given the absence of Barty, who just felt like a sure thing on this surface moving forward, Given the fact that we didn't see any Russians, we didn't see any Belarusians at Wimbledon last year, and given the fact that so much of this top 10, top 20, top 30, all these young names that have come to the surface over the course of the past two and a half years— They just haven't played a lot of grass court tennis. And so more than anything else, I ask you, as we head towards this Wimbledon 30,000-foot view, what's your confidence level in your predictions? What's your confidence level in forecasting the field? Because I I think it's a legitimate question to ask heading into the event.
1: It's so funny you say that, because I was thinking about this, and maybe I was talking about it the other day. But it's basically the opposite for men and women, because for the men, there's no one on earth. Look, I know Alcaraz won Queens. He was not that impressive. He didn't look that good. Honestly, he got your, your Chiliches, your queries, your, um, you know, Isner's in their primes. Those types of players are not around anymore. So there's this, you know, void that's allowing players like Alcaraz to maybe win titles that they wouldn't have won uh, a few years ago. Djokovic is so much better than everyone else. Whereas on the in on grass um and hardcore. And, and
0: if not better, but just more proven. And it's the fact that guys like Berrettini, Kyrios, who have made Wimbledon finals of late, they are nowhere to be found right yeah, now. And so I, I, I agree with your premise and didn't mean to cut you off, Kirios. No, no,
1: no, okay, you can cut me off whenever you want. Um yes, Berrettini and Kyrios are both injured. You, you know, Shapovalov, who made a semifinal.
0: Yeah. Herkos.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, is being Shapovalov. Uh, Algar may just lost to Schwartzman in, in in an exhibition. That's never good when you're losing to Schwartzman on grass. Um, anyways, on the women's side, it's the opposite. I have no idea what's gonna happen. Um, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna make my predictions based on the draw later on, but I, I can say you know you have Rabakina who won I want to say 11 return points. In the final two sets against Donna Vekic uh, in Berlin last week and who is ill, has been ill since the French Open. You have Savalenka, who I really thought was going to storm through their Berlin draw, but then lost in straight sets to Kurometova. That lack of experience on grass like it, what from last season might be hurting her, just the fact that she hasn't played on the surface in so long. Iga, I, I don't, you know... Me and John Reed were having this conversation the other day, um, where EGA, where we were talking about juniors with junior results. It's you know, it's not there's nothing there's not a lot of correlation at all, at least to me. Um, I, you know, EGA, I will say though, EGA in Bad Homburg, I know Tatiana Maria was tired, but at the same time, I thought EGA in after losing her first set on grass against a really tricky grass court player against the player who made the Wimbledon semi-finals last season, actually played a pretty damn good patient match in the final two sets. Um, And I was encouraged by that, but she doesn't have the confidence on grass that she has in other surfaces. And that can sometimes, so when she, when things start to go south, unlike in the French open final against Mukova, where she fought back, Last year against Corneille at Wimbledon, she imploded um, in much in the same way. And she imploded against Ravakina in Indian Wells this year, where she just totally lost the confidence in herself and her ground strokes. Um, what I'm trying to say is that I don't trust Sviatek. I don't trust Caroline Caroline Garcia, I got a Caroline Garcia, who uh, who's return positioning, especially on grass, is infuriating Uh I don't trust Ons Jabor in big matches. Coco Gauff, I don't ever trust her, but especially on grass, where I think it actually is the surface that suits her game the least, even though that's where her initial big breakthrough. Zakari will never make the Wimbledon semifinals, but if she, if she does, she's not pay, making it past the semifinals because we know how she does in semifinals. Um, so that leaves players like Pagula, who I actually think is going to be better on grass.
0: Well- I'm, I'm, here's why I'm going to cut you off because yes. we'll get to the list in a second. And yes. rather than go case by case, again, as we will do throughout the course yes. of yes. this I'm show. I'm sorry. I got
1: ahead of myself. No, no, no,
0: no. No problem with it. I don't agree with perhaps the extent to which you describe things as implosions, but I do agree in the in the more broad sense that, yeah, like, okay – There are a couple of good stats we can turn to here. And shout out to our friend Jeff Sackman at Tennis Abstract, who we had for the Men's Dark Horses show, who talked us through the difference between grass court ELO and raw grass ELO. And you look at the raw grass ELO, which weighs, again, only your grass court results throughout the course of your career. Here are the top 10 players on grass courts according to the ELO ratings right now. Kvitova 1, Ostapenko 2, Jabir 3, Rabakina 4— Hallop 5, obviously she's not going to be here. Pliskova 6, Alexandrova 7, Katie Bolter 8, you love to see That's it. That's
1: ridiculous. Coco yeah. Gauff
0: 9, yeah. Caroline Garcia 10. Notably, you've got Sabalenka at 11. You've got Svantec all the way down at 29, one spot ahead of her. A player who I'm sure will come up at some point in this uh, podcast by the name of Ashlyn Kruger. You know, Mina Bectis is in the top 30. Well, here's the thing. It gets a little funky. No doubt about it. That said, you look at grass court ELO, which weighs not only your grass court results, but the results you're having on other surfaces as well. Here's your top 10. Rabakina, Kavitova, Shviontek, Jabur, Halep. Again, take it with a grain of salt. She's not going to be here. Sabalenka, six. Ostapenko, seven. Goff, eight. Kudermatova, nine. Pliskova, ten. I think I'm somewhere in between. I think you got to look at both lists. And I think that's the key thing here is, you know, again, I don't hate the fact that Ostapenko makes a big push into the top five when you look at the grass court specific results. I don't hate the fact that a player like Alexandrova or or all these different names are rewarded for their surface specific success. And I do think grass courts just play so differently than everything else. And, you know, again... I know, uh, given how few, how few matches so many of these top contenders have played on grass courts in their career, if you have a track record of success on this surface, that matters to me almost more than anything else. And so as we get to dark horse title contenders, which is where I want to start this conversation, not who are your title contenders, because yes. let's be clear, Sviantek, Rabakina, Sabalenka, are not dark horse contenders to win the title. Well, they're just can, contenders wait, to win the title.
1: Let me stop you right there. You put Shwiat... I'm because for me, I'm putting players, a player like Kabitaba in the in a in the uh, grouping ahead of Shriot Tech on grass.
0: I don't just because Iga ega. and it's like I know she's gonna find a way. And on to grass? your point. Yeah, I watched it at Bonn Hamburg, and I'll talk about this in our contenders pod more. Expansive. She didn't find a Wasn't way it? against Corne last year. <laughs> yeah, just... but that was last year. Did you see her this year? Did you see her yeah, lose that I first set? Her looked, her like, lo- a o- looked like a fish. Looks like a fish out of water, and I, then was like, "Wait a second, I remember how to play on this surface," and dusted last year's Wimbledon semifinalist Tatiana Maria. You,
1: I, I mean, I don't want to be again because I I was very positive about her, but you know, Tatiana Maria had played the day before and had a you know or I believe she played that. She played Gaiba and she had a deep run. Um, and so, yes, she dusted her, but she did dust her, you know. Here's and, why,
0: here's the answer, and we can, we. here's the answer. Name five players you are certain would beat Iga Shvantec on grass.
1: Okay, um, am I certain? I'm not, you know, okay, there's no such thing as certainty in, te- in tennis. Um,
0: well, I don't know about that. I've, I'm pretty certain Iga Svantec's going to beat everyone okay. on clay courts.
1: Nah, she, she shouldn't have beaten if Mukova wasn't injured, she would not have won that match. I don't Okay. Think, but she uh, did. Would and could've are what on, they
0: are, but she did.
1: On grass, I'm taking Rybakina, I'm taking Kavitova, I'm taking Sabalenka. I'm taking uh, I'd probably take Alexandrova and
0: I, uh uh probably doesn't count. It has I to would, be certain.
1: Okay, I'm taking Rybakina, Kavitova, a healthy Jabor. Savalenka, Ostapenko.
0: Healthy Jabir is the stretch. The first four names, I can't knock you. And here's the thing. I just and think honestly, he is I'm not a dark horse. Yeah. She's thinking- the world. She's the. You're wrong. She's the world number one. She's not a dark horse. No, no, no I'm not
1: saying she's in. a dark horse. I'm just saying she shouldn't be alongside, on grass. Alongside. Okay, but
0: but so that's a question of contendership. And I, I think that's a different conversation. Okay. I'm talking dark horse title contender. And so I think some people will put Kvitova in this conversation. I agree with you 10,000%. She's not a dark horse candidate. She's straight up a candidate to win Wimbledon. Like that's anyone who puts her in the dark horse candidate is lying to you. And they're trying to take the easy way out because she's not going to be a top five seed, but she's a two-time Wimbledon champ. Yeah, she's a two-time... Exactly. She's a two-time Wimbledon champ. She wins a loaded 500 draw in Berlin last week. She wins Miami earlier this season, indicative of the fact that, yeah, I can peak for two weeks if that's what I need to do right now. She seems relatively healthy, even though she had a terrible clay court season. I agree with you. She cannot be in the dark horse category. She's straight up top five contender, and we'll talk about her on that show. But... You brought up a number another name who's number one on my list of dark horse title contenders. I think and, we had the same name. Yeah, and here's why. Because you can't deny looking at the resume, even over the last three years, title in Eastbourne 2021, finals in Eastbourne 2022, title in Birmingham 2023, that is the resume of someone who has a track record of grass court success that not a lot of other players can match. Still, the premise of Yelena Ostapenko winning seven straight matches, I think it qualifies for dark horse title contendership just because you almost have to see it to believe it. And yet, my take all year long, David Gertler, is that this season, Yelena Ostapenko is playing the best tennis of her career. And I, I think even better eye test wise than we saw in 2017. And I have stats to back that up, but Wait, I defer to higher, you here first. Exactly. Overall I, or higher peak? No, higher overall. Peak. Overall. Okay. I, I think I can the agree tennis she's that. playing overall is better right now than she has ever played from start to finish to this point of a season. I agree. And,
1: I can agree with I can get behind that.
0: And so I my, the, my yeah. question to you is can, Is she a straight up title contender? Or is it a dark horse pick? Because still, the prospect of Ostapenko actually winning seven matches in a row is like, all right, relax, guys.
1: Yeah, it's it's tough. I, I I would say that she she she's straddling the border, but I think because she won a title this past week, we can't call her a dark horse.
0: Are you ready to call her a straight up contender?
1: Just because there's, who else, you know, there's so many, it's wide open. I couldn't
0: agree with you more on, see, this were in line, like, I agree, because what I saw from her last week in Birmingham, it wasn't just in spurts, like, I understand there were a lot of three-set matches, but that's kind of how Ostapenko rules, and it wasn't the 10 minutes that were bad, it was how she responded in every match from those 10 bad minutes. It's the fact that she's making first serves. She's winning more first serve points. And again, her first serve percentage, 58.4%. You look at that surface level and you're like, oh, that's not great. This is someone whose career average is 55.9. You look at her double fault percentage, 5.6%. Again, you say, that's not great. This is someone whose career average is 8.2%. She's just not giving away as many free points on the margins. She's winning more free points with her first serve, first strike tennis on the margins as well. And for a player who's been 17 to 27 for like five years consecutively on the margins is what pushes you into that next group. And I just, I'm kind of in. Like I've been in on Ostapenko entering Wimbledon the last three years and our last two years. And I'm ready to do it again for a third, David.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's hard because when you look at 46 and 19 on grass in her career, Ooh,
0: I mean, 46 and 19. Yes. Um, that's over. that's ridiculous. I did not. I didn't look at that. That's a really good number.
1: You know, she's made a semifinal in 2018 of Wimbledon. Um, you know, she's one. She's one on grass. She went, you know, she goes deep in grass. Grass tournaments all the time. I do like her clay game more because I think that um the ball sits up in her strike zone a little better on clay than it does, you know, it can skid in, and then that causes for already a lower margin player some errors. And you know, I am always, but and I at the same time, I am a little, you know, wary of a Miami uh well, bad day
0: performance. Or, or you know. Peyton Stearns Day where no. it's just like up, oh, didn't work.
1: Yeah, and so it's what you were saying about, can she sustain it over two weeks? That's what makes me nervous and why a lot of it does come down to the draw as well. And um, I, I was uh, listening to something today or yesterday where they were talking about how on grasses, the draw is especially important because you you know, are you going to get stuck in a section with, uh, you know, with the, like, let's look at the WTA rankings, you know, if we look at, for instance, if we look at uh, 20, uh, if we look at the 20s, you know, you, you have Keys at 25, which is a major contender on grass. You have Alexandrova at 21, who's a major contender on grass, but you, you might get stuck with, or you might get lucky and get Annalena Kalanina Col- at 26, you know. Or, you know, you might get Begu at 29. You know you, you know what I'm saying? I know they're not in the same. I know it goes by four. But you know what I'm mean? saying? Like, it's such like a luck of the draw. You're going to get the clay quarters. You're going to get the quick court players. And at the same time, you know, Ostapenko is only at uh, 17 in the draw. So she's out of the top 16. So who's she going to get stuck with playing in the early rounds? Is she going to get Sviatek? In an earlier round, or is she going to get a Rybakina or Sabalenka? And I'll tell you what, I think Jesse Pagula is a top four seed. Is a big, I, I've already talked about this, but uh, so, you know, with Ostapenko, it's so hard to rely on her. But when we look at her as a contender or a dark course, I lean towards the contender because I don't, I don't think you're going to find many players with a higher than 70% win rate on grass with over 50 matches of experience.
0: Yeah, I just, when you look at the, that, I agree. I think she has to be a contender. And I think the top five contenders for now, barring something... I mean, it's a really good draw on Eastbourne. Really good. Like, seven mm-hmm. of the top 11 players in the world were... Although with were, the
1: withdrawal, there are some... Yeah,
0: so it's still... It's six of the top 11, or five of the top 11. Oh, no. Like, I'm sorry that there's no Kredge or Kvitova anymore. But the draw... You know, again, I can still Kred- learn things. Kredge well, is a- so, yeah. so I'm going to give you some names that okay. I think, if you think they can win... Wimbledon they qualify as a dark horse and you tell me if you agree or if agree. they
1: can win or if they can go deep
0: no win because okay. we're still on the title contender and then we're going to get to seeds you think will outdo their expectations okay. that's where we're headed next I promise okay okay just I'm given like- given the lack of big tournament titles if you think Jessica Pagula can win Wimbledon I think that would qualify as a dark horse or no, because she's always in the ball game. No, she's the four seed. I redact that name. Redacted. Leave she it into the podcast. Yeah, leave it in. Redacted. If you think Sakari can win it, that is no a dark horse. Yeah. Well, I mean, she, you're on. I an will island. say
1: though, she impressed me in Berlin last week. She did better than I expected.
0: Played but, much better than the first week.
1: But for me, it's like with Sakari, it's like. Come on. Like, how can you ever predict her to win a tournament, to win any tournament? She can't, e- she's won one tournament. She loses in the semifinals and finals all the time. It doesn't matter, yeah. you know. She's going to,
0: I think the three young names who you would circle, maybe this is just where they have an inevitable, uh, a big slam run because there's a breakthrough for golf. You know, again, she just yeah. gets to quarterfinals. Um, so, but again, I don't think that's dark horse. Yeah. I think. If Chin Wen wins it, just given her lack of grass court success, obviously that would be a dark horse run, but we might talk about her more in a second. Any chance you think Potipova can win the title? Are you there yet with her?
1: I believed in her at the French Open, as I think we discussed maybe a little bit. Um I thought she was a contender to win the, or contender to win the title. She just has too many bad days. Uh so no. I I I want to I'm not gonna believe I'm not gonna fool me one shame on you fool me twice, shame on me. So
0: no. He, my counter be, she looked really good last week. And I'll but just she, take a run with her. I mean, here's what I'm saying is she's, if you tell me two weeks, you know, again, 12 days from now, it's the second Tuesday of Wimbledon uh-huh. and the, and the conversation is, man, Potipova made her first quarterfinal and this girl is just ready to be at the top of women's tennis. I believe that narrative is possible. That's why – again, this is kind of getting to that next conversation because I, – like,
1: I believe do, in another Russian more.
0: Yeah, so so that's what I was going to get. The last real title name I'm just going to throw out there. Are you on the ECAT bandwagon yes, with me? Too, I was, oh, okay. Too, I was Give too me some ECAT arena. What does her – I mean, win the title. It's a lot – but seven straight matches to start her grass uh, – seven straight wins to start her grass court season this year did not play poorly in her eighth match. That straight set loss, I believe it was to Kvitova, right? Or Vekic? It was one to Kvitova, two. and she was yeah. fatigued. She well, was it was fatigued. second match on the day, exactly, and someone who Well, no, she got the walkover over Oh, Kermit. yeah. But oh, I mean yeah, in yeah,
1: Rosmalin. Yeah. she had won the title. Well,
0: exactly. She had played the week prior, exactly.
1: Right. And she bageled <laughs> Coco Gauff. Jennifer Coco Gap she I mean,
0: she just gets in these zones and the line drive tennis she plays how low the ball stays her low center of the gravity how well she moves how well she can change direction and go down the line do you really think she can win it, though, David? Like, uh, So we have blended into the next conversation. So let's start talking about the seeds we think are going to outdo their seed. Because mm-hmm. Ekaterina Alexandrova is number one on, I'm sure, I'm going to speak for both of us here, I think our list of players who are just, if they play their best, their best is really good grass court tennis. She's the number 21 overall seed. What do you like, David? What are you expecting?
1: Well, she's also thir- – yes, yeah, she's 30 and 15 on grass, which is yeah. a lot of grass score experience and you really know, relative to grass, and it's really good. If Even you win stars- just
0: quickly, I always say two-thirds means what are you doing? You're making quarterfinals just about every event that you play, two – you know, round of 13, Besides round Wimbledon, of 16. Yeah. Well, no, other than the slams, but guess what? The slams only happen four times a year, so yeah. it, it applies.
1: But at the same time, it's hard to trust her when she's never made the second week of a slam before. True. With so many third rounds, right? Like how many? Which third is why rounds? she's
0: in the dark horse category. Right. Absolutely.
1: Um, yeah, she's made the Wimbledon. She's never even made the third round of Wimbledon. Yeah, but uh, she
0: also didn't play Wimbledon last year. That's which, true. like, that's would true. she have made it? Who knows? I like this yeah. is one of those. Sorry, I don't. I don't mean to cut you off, but no, I just no, okay. I couldn't agree more with you in the. Her game, can you explain to our listeners, why is her game style so tailor-made for this surface?
1: Well, Big serve, huge yeah. first serve, which is, you know, in the women's game, especially, where not everyone has those big serves, that ability to get three points on grass is so big. And
0: Seventh in hold percentage, 77.9 for the season.
1: Huge forehand that rushes her opponents. So for instance, you know, Coco Goff, we were talking about as she beat Goff, uh, 6-4, 6 A big reason for that is because she was able to rush Coco on that forehand wing. Um, And so for opponents who maybe prefer clay or prefer, or prefer slower surfaces who need that time on their ground strokes to, to wind up, um, She has that ability to that innate ability to just take time away from them and to rush them. Um, and she's aggressive. Her backhand isn't quite as good as their forehand, but she's she's able to play with controlled aggression from that wing as well. She has good crash court instincts as well. Like she understands the right times to move forward. She understands the right shots to hit. And I just I just have been really impressed with how she's played this grass court season. I mean, she's really done, you know, she's beat Samsonova who made the round of 16 at Wimbledon before and who has played really well on grass. Um, She's beat Goff. She has beaten um, Sasnovich and Kudermetova. Uh, Those are all really good wins. I know Alexander Sasnovich is uh, around 500 on grass. Her game can be dangerous on the surface. And so the fact that she, has won a tight she's coming in with confidence you know she is what is she uh five uh seven and one on grass this season or something along those lines she's coming in with confidence and like we've been harping on there's just not a lot of top contenders this year and so with the right draw she can absolutely outplay her seed and make a quarterfinal or maybe even a semifinal if Tatiana Maria can make a semifinal so she can so she so can she
0: absolutely I I agree with everything you said. She's the 21 seed. That's underseeded, uh, just given the level we have seen from her so far. I will say, though, especially after today, watching all the matches in Eastbourne, I am feeling much more optimistic about this Wimbledon because I did think Goff played a lot better today. I thought Jabur played well, a lot better today. I thought, you know, again, Haddad Maya gets her feet wet with a wind. It's just like all these different players are – a Pagula looked good today. uh um, yes, I I they,
1: that's part of but let me just say this about golf Bernardo Para and I know this because I had in I chose I remember I picked uh, I believe Para plus 5.5 5 games against golf in uh, in Australia and I saw how the match played out then and I saw how it played out today. It's just a bad matchup for Bernie. And so um which i've realized now and so i really don't well
0: lefty into that golf backhand that's she's just like thank you i would love this all day um so i don't take
1: any stock in that
0: well so of the top eight i I mean again one through three or shiantic sabalinka rabacana there's no exceeding expectations there i don't even think you can throw pagula in the mix let's just go by bracket of these four names most likely to make the semis garcia Jabir, goth sakari
1: Jabor, because I think her game I would love to say Gar- Garcia has the best chance to win the title. Jabor has the bet is most likely to make the semifinals.
0: I think that's a fair way of listing the argument. I I, and I know what you mean, is in Jabur is more likely to beat who she needs to beat every round, yeah. but if Garcia's serve gets hot and it was I mean it was Madison Brangle, whom is the – she's a sweetheart. I really love Madison Brangle. She just could not hurt Caroline Garcia today, yeah. and that was one-way traffic. And by the way, Garcia has to start defending points now. Like is no longer oh. – it's no longer a free ride. And so I do wonder, again, how that wears on her. I would pick Goff just because she's really good oh, at moving come forward. Come on. I love the first serve again if she gets the wrong draw you're right big first serves to her forehand are going to be a problem but if you can't do that specific thing she's gonna beat you and oh, you know no. you look just Another last time, one one quick stat for golf if you look at her record against you know again opponents ranked outside the top 20 this season she's cleaned up she's 22 and five on the year against non-top 20 opponents and half of uh, slams Nebraska? as we know DK uh, Dgk sorry DG sorry again my Davids are blending in. Half of the name of the game in slams is beating who you're supposed to beat. And to Coco Goff's credit this year, I mean, she's beaten who she's supposed to beat. She lost a, a, an untouchable She was the favorite against
1: Alexandrova.
0: Well, she lost to an... Uh, I'm saying at the slam. Sorry, I should have okay. specified. She lost to an untouchable Ostapenko in Australia. Like, that was just a match. Untouchable? Lo-
1: I mean... Uh, well, it was just one of those... Walking-
0: Ostop- no, but I'm saying it was one of those Ostapenko days. And that The happened.
1: best players are able to handle that. No,
0: but I'm saying... But that's what it takes to beat her. You have to be oh, one of those best players, and outside yeah, of Marie Bouzkova on uh, on clay, but but this is a major. It's a different ball game. Okay. And again, when I watch Coco Ga, like she just doesn't lose bad matches at these events anymore. And you're right. If you have the specific game style to beat her, Ostapenko, Kavitova's, Sabalenka's, Rebakanas, yeah. they know the roadmap. But we've talked all podcast long about outside of those select few players. Who the fuck knows how these players are going to play at Wimbledon? I know how Coco Goff's going to play. And you said there that uh, that Alexandrova was the underdog against Goff. at uh, betting wise. Yes. Yeah, but we both know that was just wrong. We know oh, yeah. Alexandrova is yeah. better on this surface, and so again, that's why we talked about her earlier. But man, it depends on the draw. I, yeah. I feel very certain about so You golf.
1: feel better about her than Jabour. Because think about it, Golf uh, is this season especially question. playing so defensively, which works on Clay, because she's able to grind down your Mira Andre Andre Evas and your uh Julia grabbers, Julie Grabbers, uh Julia one of the Sorry, yeah, grabber. Grab uh,
0: sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, grabber. Uh, yeah. It doesn't work on grass as well, which is why a player. Yeah, but like she serves
0: they're... in volleys and she's so aggressive now. Is she now? She is. That's been I the adjustment see I've seen this season. Is that I don't she think, plays I see, more I the, opposite. I no, the opposite? I see that. No, but I think you see that against the best players who are able to push her back. I'm talking about lesser competition. And again, to get to the semifinals, you got to win the first four rounds. I'm not saying she's going to win in the semifinals. I'm saying this year she wins those first four rounds, particularly okay. at the big events. But yeah, again, who's the next name on, Yeah, who's the next name on the list of seeds who you say because again, we both agree Alexandrova, I think she outdoes her expectations. Ostapenko's the 17 seed. We already did our rant about her we touched on Potapova as the 22 seed uh again There's a couple
1: others though. Yeah,
0: so give me give me your next name and why.
1: Okay. Should I go by like are we going like
0: up there I no, give me whatever you're thinking. Who are you most okay. passionate about?
1: So I have two more. I have two more. I have two I more like just like two more obvious ones to make. Okay. The first one is Beatrice Haddad Maya.
0: I agree, make the case, please.
1: She was uh, she is currently, I believe she's either 26 and 13 or 25 and 13 on ground. Yeah,
0: and like a thousand and twelve since the start of August, 2020, because right. she's played a million matches.
1: Her game suits the grass really well in terms of that lefty slice serve out wide on the ad side, the way she's able to flatten out her ground strokes. She's a very good volleyer and she understands the right times to move forward she has more experience than most on the surface. And yeah, she did play a tough match last week against um, who'd she lose to last no, two week?
0: weeks ago. Two, two weeks, weeks ago. ago, yeah, wow. but who gives a flying f- because it was right after the French Open. Like I agree with right, you, right, yeah. right,
1: right, right. She lost to uh, Darius Snyder. Yeah. You know, you know that. And let's just say, as you said, the French Open for her was one of the most physical tournaments I've ever seen from a women's player. And right? it was
0: like four days before the match that it ended right. for her.
1: So. And not just the physical, the emotional energy she yeah. had to do for that war against that. I uh, agree more. And then to challenge Swiatek like that, and then to just go right on to the totally different surface, really tough. And let me say, yes, she, Buzkova took her to a uh, third set tie break against, uh, to, against Hadamaya. Today. Yeah. But with that said, Buzkova, as we saw in Wimbledon last year, is a pretty damn good big grass player in herself.
0: Couldn't no. agree with you more. I like, I thought actually that Haddad Maya, who was down a set and a break, two love down the second, works her way to four two. I'll talk about it on today's mini break. She found a rhythm, like her length on the first serve out wide on that ad side, and then just the easy lane of attack. How well she moves forward behind it. You could tell she was a little bit tentative on the return today, but when she finds her rhythm, the depth of that return of serve on this surface is just so difficult. And to your point, by the way, I used to do the same. Then she put it out on the profile. Do you know it's Bojkova? It's an O. It's not a U. It's Bojkova. Okay. Yeah. Just all right.
1: That is like a. I would never thought. No, me neither. But I
0: listened to it. Yeah, exactly. She updated it, and so just yeah, exactly. We're all learning. That's what these pods are for. I agree with you. Just I think the physical, and I'm pretty sure she won a title on grass courts last year, as you mentioned. Like she, or if not, made a final. If no, she won a title last year on grass courts. Uh. I stand by the take. I'm right. I know I'm right because everyone was she freaking out Birmingham. about it. Yeah, because everyone was freaking about, out about her Canada result making the final there, and it was like, yeah, but did you see her win on the grass courts, which is always loaded draws and grass and the clay court. Yeah, exactly. Last or season
1: just, that was where she. Oh, no, as we she listed, started.
0: she's actually the all-time wins leaders because she played a million matches on the ITF circuit to build her ranking post uh, COVID, but. Yeah, I just—I like the game style. I like the physical profile, her strength, how strong her legs are on this surface, that first step, her ability to keep the ball in front of her. Now, what is out, what does exceeding expectations mean to you for Haddad Maya, who, for those that don't know, enters this Wimbledon, seated uh, currently number 13? So is out exceeding expectations just straight-up quarterfinals? Is it semis? What do you yes. mean?
1: I, I would say it's quarterfinals. Um, okay. So I— ex- I, you know, I would expect her again, it's on grass. It's so draw dependent, but I, I think, she, I think she can make, I think she will without seeing the draw. I think she will make the quarterfinals.
0: Why I agree. She belongs as a dark horse to make the quarterfinals and why that would be exceeding expectations. Cause she had never made the second week of a slam before the French open. If she can do a back-to-back yeah. on two such different surfaces, then I agree with you. Like good pick by you. Who's your other name?
1: I feel like we'd be remiss without uh without at least giving a shout out to Carolina Mukova. Uh so
0: I, great name. I'm glad you bring it up and for those that don't know Mukova, 16th seed overall. What is again, expectations? What do you what do you set for her? Because I think she's an interest one litmus test wise. She's a real test case of how closely have you been watching things this year.
1: Because for me because for m- Okay, so what you want me to give – what do I think she's going to get her? What's like the bar for her? What's the bare minimum? Both. The bare minimum, I think, is making the second week because Agreed. her game her game suits the grass the best out of any surface. The, Couldn't agree the, more. The slices, the she has the big – she has a nice – not even that big of a surface, so well-placed. Yeah. The volleying, the way that she constructs points is – perfect for grass court tennis. And so I know that she hasn't, you know, she's been, I'm assuming recovering physically. Um, It doesn't matter to me because if she can just get a win or two under her belt against, you know, your Madison Brangle or whoever, you know, in the first or second round, she's going to be fine. She looked, she was so impressive to me over, you know, the, on what I consider her worst surface on clay. I feel like we can't have a dark horse. I feel like she is a dark horse because everyone's basically stopped talking about her si- since we moved to grass. And so for me, she's still a dark horse. She's still 16 in the world. She is. Yes, she has not played as much as maybe your Astapenko or or Hadamaya on grass. She's 17 and 11, but that's still a pretty damn good grass record. Um, and I thought, you know, she's beaten like a major contender in Pliskova before at Wimbledon. Um, in an epic match. I'm, I'm thinking it's Puskova, right? That she yeah. beat her like 8-6 in the... Yeah, the, uh... no,
0: look, I mean, she's 23-8 and eight overall this year, and I know she made a slam final, but she's fifth in the no. points race. You don't yeah. do that on just one result. And so yeah. I agree with you. You look for Carolina Mukova. She is one of the 13 players who rank top uh, 25 in both hold and break percentage right now in the women's game. I Yeah, I like... No, I I don't know. You know, again, you know what? Maybe she belonged in the dark horse title contenders conversation because would my job be completely on the ground if Carolina Mukva is healthy, if her aggressive brand of tennis, the, the ability to move forward, how well she slices the ball and, you know, the bump return, which might be that much more effective on this surface – Maybe she belongs in the Dark Horse Title Contenders conversation DG. I
1: think she can win it all. I really do. I mean, I don't think I don't it depends draw. on her it depends on her yeah, health. Sure. More than even even more than her draw, honestly. Mm-hmm. Cuz I feel like she can beat anyone in the draw. I really do. Yeah. I think she can beat she could be playing Kovitova, Astapenko uh, Sabalenka, Rybakina, it doesn't matter to me. I, I would be—I would a hundred percent take her. You know what? I would hundred percent take her over Swiatek on grass. Absolutely. It, yeah,
0: I, I think there's three other players I would turn to just rapid fire through. If let's see if
1: what uh, I'm thinking of.
0: Well, though no, Samsonova's serve gets hot, there's no sure. reason. Like in theory, it should work. On this surface, and she's won a title on grass courts before. Donna Vekic, we just saw her make a yeah. final. You know, again, the aggressive tennis she's capable of playing. We Samsonova also saw
1: the- her get yeah. totally uh, diffused by Golubic uh, the week before. Yeah, so. but
0: that's match one on a surface of a season. I always say who cares
1: match two. I think, but yeah, no,
0: I think it was. Let's you're see. You're right because she won the first one, the first round. I agree with you. Um, and again, Samsonova, even... 15 seed, Vekic, 20 seed. Outside outsizing performance means like if they're both in the quarterfinals or one of them is, neither of us will be shocked. The last name I would throw at you, um, and please
1: tell me, see what I'm thinking
0: of. Oh, you have one more for me?
1: No, I mean, I have one more, but I want to see if yours is the same as the
0: one. Well, I mean, again, we kind of talked about it earlier. I mean, I said it earlier. I'm in on the Potapova bandwagon. Okay. Like again, quarterfinal, semifinal. I really don't think it would be that shocking to see it happen.
1: For me, you know, and I know she hasn't played since the French Open. But when you're 53 and 25 on grass, I gotta say, you know, and when you play the style that Belinda Bench just plays, oh yeah, wow. That she has. I think that you know, who knows with her health, right? Like we have no idea. But the way she can flatten out the ball and the way and just her just her pedigree the fact that she's played over 75 matches and won over two-thirds of those matches for me I I have to include her on the list
0: yeah I have no issues with that well then all right we've talked about the seeds let's get to the unseeded players here I'm curious how big's your list first of all is there a long list of names you highlighted here
1: uh, you know, there's a, there's a few I have in mind, but like
0: I, I like it. Well, let's start with number one. Who's the number one unseated player you have on your mind?
1: Um, you know, when you look at the unseated players, you know, you could say someone like Vondrusova, who might you know sure. make who might you know make Round a of sixteen. I she's on think, my list. I don't think she's gonna. I don't think she has the ability to make a quarterfinal, though. Who do I think oh, can get? Oh, I dis—I
0: disagree. I think von could. She, her, Iga, Arena, Sabalenka, Krachikova—four players who ranked top fifteen in both hold and break percentage this season—and just again, the slices, the ability to change direction, how well she moves, she can just play real tennis on this surface. And so, I'm in. I'm all in. I don't in.
1: see it with the lefty forehand. I—I—I I, I just don't see. I just.
0: It's a little big. Yeah, if it gets served to, if the right people serve to it, it could be an issue.
1: It's crushing me to say this because – I'll I'll give a couple names actually.
0: It's crushing me. No, no. Let's go one by one.
1: Okay. Anyone who loses to Venus Williams in 2023 (laughs) is – should be ashamed of themselves. But so and I love her. You know, I'm a huge fan of hers. And I'm and I am solely putting her on this list because of her grass court pedigree. Not because and you know she did beat Heather Watson today. Uh Camilla Georgie, for who's won Rosman before, who has made a Wimbledon, who is they set away from beating Serena to win to make the 2018 or 2017 Wimbledon semifinals. Um, and who is in, in her career, 57 and 33 on grass or 58 and 33. So not many players have 90, 90 no, plus. And it would on be grass.
0: on brand for her to make a weird run all the way to freaking get to, you know, again, a big spot here. No, I think that's completely fair. Like I just, you have to respect the track record.
1: Right. And just the fact that, yeah, and like you said, she can just get hot and hit anyone off the court. You know, she's beaten Wozniacki. She's she's beaten all these players. She can beat a top player on any day. She can lose to Venus Williams any day. You know, you just never know with her. And so I feel like, you know, sure, she's 67 in the world, but who cares? You know, it doesn't matter with her.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, then next up again, who you got?
1: Next up, I am going to say uh, in... A wild card, a non, non-British, non non-Venus Williams wild card, uh, Alina Spitalina, who has made hmm. the semifinals of Wimbledon before. I just feel like she can easily, she understands, and this is so big, and this is why I also like players like, uh, not going deep, but just why I respect players like Magdalena Freak and uh, and uh, Teresa Martinsova players who can understand how to rally on grass and who are not thrown off by the bad, by the bad bounces and by the, um, you know, by, by the surface as much so, you know, Smitalina does not play your typical grass court tennis, but you know, her her Wimbledon semifinal speaks for itself. She can, she can turn it into more of a hardcore um you know, type of match and she can force you to play physical, a physical brand of tennis. It's very much draw dependent. Like if she plays an Ostapenko, I think Ostapenko blasts her off the court, but if she gets a good draw, she can absolutely make maybe a second week on the surface.
0: No, I mean, it's, it's, I thought Svidalina played better tennis at the French open than I was like I thought she earned that quarterfinal spot. It wasn't like a flukish run or like it was quarterfinal level tennis. And to get to that level so quickly in her comeback, again, it's a really tough transition to, to come back to a grass court when you haven't played it in as many years as she hasn't. And, that's why I would just be a little hesitant, just again, because it's a combination of how match tough yeah. is she and she's very not match grass match tough. So she didn't make my list, but I'm mad at myself for not thinking like that because I think that's a very good inclusion for you. Um, yeah. You want you want to hear my list?
1: Yeah, I'm assuming that you're going to have the one that's in the top 10 of ELO ratings. Huh? <laughs> well, I just thought I just like how did I forget her? So, yes.
0: Well, if you're saying Katie Bolter. Yes. I mean, she. So I have I have groupings of dark horses okay. here in this category, so that we can rapid fire through them. We'll start with okay. the Brits. Who are you more confident in, Katie Bolter, who of course just won the title uh, a couple weeks ago? Yeah, to me title? that
1: title felt more like a challenge, like an ITF than an actual WTF.
0: Or how about I think now fourteen and six on grass courts since the start of last season, Harriet Dart, who. I'm, like, no, all in no, no, on, on grass court no, 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 Harriet no, Dart. You're no, no, no. out? You're, I fine. think Harriet Dart on grass courts is discount I, I
1: She's fine. She's not, you know, maybe second, third round, and then she'll be out to the first, you know, decent player she plays.
0: I think uh, if you don't have a weapon, she's going to beat you on this surface. Yes, like, you better have something to take time away.
1: There's too many players with weapons. Um,
0: I don't know. For me to so, put her on the list. So then – so that's criteria one. I'm doing an America-centric pod with Chris Otto tomorrow, so I'm going to dive deeper into these names specifically. I'm getting, I'm gonna...
1: wait, Emma Navarro? because Emma she's...
0: Navarro, yeah. Ashlyn Kruger, Katie McNally. I'm in on all three to, like, third round. Like, th- beat a seed and get to the third round is the sort of potential they're on. You agree?
1: Yes, I thought that Ashlyn Kruger today— Well, first off, Kruger has to make it through qualifying. And I thought today the fact that she dropped a set is a little disturbing.
0: Yeah, but Uh, she's played a lot of tennis of late. Like, she she made a final last week.
1: Yeah, she made the final. She won the title. Oh, yeah,
0: excuse me, won the title. Navarro made the final. She won the title.
1: Yes, and so— And she beat a very good grass court player. Tatiana Maria! Also, who I actually— also, I have on my list, Tatiana Maria. Yeah,
0: uh, sure. Semi-finalist last year.
1: semi you final You can't. Who took a setup? Sviat Tech. So, yes. I, I want to see Kruger make it through qualifying. Like you said, she's played a lot. And she also has to play Naif, who, who is not traditionally in the next round of uh, qualifying, who is not traditionally... A strong who I do not think game translates well to grass, but she has beaten Katie McNally this grass court season. And she actually, unlike Camilla, beat Venus Williams on grass uh, this season. So I I want to see more. I agree. Katie McNally's game uh, translates very well to grass. Just in the, her attacking style, the, the way she, she hits her forehand, the way she just tries. Closes to the net. Closes the net. Yes. And then, who's the last? I thought, by the way, another American to have your eye on is Robin Montgomery, who has also had some success.
0: The eye's uh, been on it. Like, Okay since the juniors. I who agree. Was the,
1: who was the other one? That no, you know?
0: those were the three Americans, Kruger, Navarro, McNally, who all are on the list. Um,
1: Navarro, yes. Navarro yeah. I was impressed with today as well, beating a very game. We talked about Cornet beating Sriatek at the Wimbledon last year. I guess we beat Cornet today and who destroyed Nadia Podoroska yesterday.
0: Um I mean, so Navarro's our, just good. Like just straight good. up. And I thought
1: that she would be better on slower surfaces, but she's really adapted her game well on grass. The forehand's just a weapon.
0: Yeah, just, it's it's it. She just has great feel and look. Again, I think there are a lot of really good young players. You mentioned Tatiana Maria, more veteran. Just in that spirit, I, I group her with Julie Niemeyer, who of course made the uh, quarters last year. Just again, two players you got to respect the track record. My last two names, two young players. I have just- one. I- uh, yeah, no, I, I think okay. there's two young players who are due for slam success at some point. Why not now? And I guess to some extent, Linda Fruvertova has already had a little, uh, but her and more importantly, Linda Naskova. Like, you know, oh, that, Naskova's you, weapons. I'm um, just uh, – did you watch her match today against uh, Ostapenko? No, I, I. but I
1: do agree. I like her better – on much better on quicker surfaces than slower surfaces. Sure. I did not see her match today. Uh, I, I, I like that name. I think you're forgetting someone big though.
0: Who am I forgetting?
1: Well, I want to, well, you can go into your, no, team, no, no, no,
0: no. Cause Fruvertova's is just good already. Fruber
1: is she, not, Fruvertova's going to be underpowered.
0: She doesn't have, oh, she'll be overpowered. Do you mean?
1: I mean, uh, yeah, she, she'll yeah. look underpowered. I agree,
0: to- but, but you have to have elite power to beat her. And so that's where it's just like, again, a young player who's going to have success and beat people who aren't – who she's – if you aren't clearly better than her, you're not going to beat her. Um, okay. And Nascova's weapons. Ugh, well, I'm just yeah. so in.
1: Okay. I, I will push back a little Please. bit with, with Linda Ferber-Tober. I, I know she beat Bernie Para last week. I don't think that you need elite weapons to beat her. I mean maybe – I, you know, does is Kagla B- B- K- K- uh Does she have elite weapons?
0: Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I just, you're right. Like she's still eighteen, nineteen. Wow. Like there's going to be bad matches. I'm talking more broadly, I suppose. Okay. I just, I really believe in her game. I think she competes extraordinarily well. And yeah, the forehand's a little bit big, and the forehand can get a little bit slap happy, and that's well, where that the lack of
1: power coming. on the serve.
0: Yeah, but the backhand. Oh, I love her backhand. Okay.
1: I, you know what? I'll give you it.
0: We'll see. No, I don't think you're wrong. I, I'm just saying, Here's again, me. I think I think she's going to be top 30 for a really long time. Now, I don't know what the ceiling is yet, but once she gets that foothold in the top 30, she just knows how to win. She's just one shot better than you, if that makes sense. There's just You watch a lot of tennis over the years. You know the players who just know how to win freaking points, mm-hmm. and she's one of them
1: fair but katie uh volley nets i yeah, or like it, just in terms it just exactly. of just her ability. Or jensen to- brooksby yes you know i don't love all of brooksby's antics i do kind of miss him but uh <laughs> yes well, okay here's the name and she still has to make it through well, calls. i was gonna say just give
0: me the rest of your list here as we wrap today this show. is the last
1: name uh, i think that the glaring one okay. who i think i know she's 0-3 on grass or now I guess, now I guess one in three, she beat Beck to today, Clara Tossin, if she can make it through uh-huh. qualifying. And I think she will, especially given the fact that I think, you know, Beck Tuss has had some success on grass. Oh, so, you know, that was a tough match and she won in straight. Um, I just love the weapons on grass. And I think that her game can translate very well. You know, will she stay healthy? Which I know that was kind of an issue over the, uh, that's been an issue for her throughout her career so far. As her health, you know, will will her body fail her again? I don't know, but if she's healthy and she's able to, you know, with her raw power, there's, especially when you compare it to a lot of the other unseated players, there's not a lot of players I would trust more on a quick surface than uh, Clara Tawson. It's
0: a perfect pick. She hasn't been healthy in like 18 months, but you just keep waiting. This is why this was my theme with my Dark Horse list as well. With all else being equal, who are just the young names? That haven't popped yet. And, you know, again, the Krugers, the McNally's, the Navarro's, the Fruvertovas, Nascova's, to your point here, just all these are players who are close and have put together Mm -hmm. nice runs but haven't had that definitive slam moment. And again, for all those young players, definitive slam moments means get to second week. Get to Manic Monday at Wimbledon when all those round of 16 matches are playing. Is
1: this the last Manic Monday?
0: I hope not. Because it's July third, right? And it's just like, oh, it's the best because it's the time that everyone gets to watch. Oh no, I I love it
1: so because I hate that stupid Sunday, middle Sunday. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. It's like uh, it's like so pretentious. I see. That's like I don't like Wimbledon because I don't like Wimbledon not only because I don't like grass court tennis, but because I hate all the pomp and circumstance, which is why a lot of people love it. But for yeah. me, I just—that's why I like the U.S. Open better. Like it's just because it's—that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, my uh, whole
0: thing is, who wants strawberries with their ice cream? Just give me Oreos with my. I'm ice sure cream.
1: Sure, it's so expensive too. Uh-
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm more worried. I'd rather have the Oreos, but that's a very good point as well. I think once you're in the gates at Wimbledon, though, D G, you have accepted I'm spending money.
1: Yeah, it's like when you go like I I live in Nashville. It's like when you go to Broadway in Nashville. It's just like, uh, you know, here here comes the nine dollar beer.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> well, on that note. Speaking of nine dollar beers, what can we do to support you? What will you be writing oh. throughout the course of the uh, Wimbledon? What can we expect?
1: Well, first off, you you no one feel like they have to do anything to support me. I really do appreciate it, though. Thank you so much for asking. Um, I am gonna be. Probably later this week, starting to pump out a lot of my Action Network articles. The you know, once I see the draw, then I'm going to give like my outright predictions and then someone to avoid. So, like for instance, you're not going to like this at the French Open. I said avoid Coco Gauff, and <laughs> she got smoked by got Tech Um, and then did I? Let's see, did, at Wimbledon or I'm at the French Open. Did I have who? Did, I did not. I mean, I had. I did say to pick Swiattek, but that was that was one of my three, but then that's so obvious. It's gonna be a lot harder, I think, uh for Wimbledon. And then I'm gonna give match previews, um, a lot of them. Um, I am always, you know, willing to write anything, you know, anything for you, y'all too, if y'all want me mm-hmm. to. Uh maybe during the summer hardcore season when uh, you know, a lot of the America, I, I know it's a very American focus. So maybe something with the Americans and a challenger, or I'm excited to see. I was going to maybe go up to bloomfield hills uh, for that challenger i um i don't think i'm going to make it anymore but i'm excited to hear that y'all are uh, you know on the call that'll be fun um and i know that's near and dear to your heart very close mm-hmm. to where you live i'm excited to have pro tennis at the challenger level back in michigan um Mm -hmm. i missed the ann arbor challenger by one Mm -hmm. year um it it started up the year after um and i'm sad it went
0: away the first event i ever called
1: yes i yes i remember that
0: yeah and it it went away they took it from me
1: i think that this challenger is actually going to be better like it's it's in a better spot in the schedule to have like some of the higher ranked players there and I'm excited to see how it goes. But anyways, yes, I'm going to be pumping out a lot of Wimbledon content. Um, So yeah, I actually just did a podcast with John Reed about, um, about uh, men's qualifying, but that's already started. My predictions are already blowing up in my face.
0: (laughs) Well, that's how you know it's slam season. That's half the fun. Well, David Gertler, we always appreciate having you on this show. Be safe. Be healthy, my friend, and thank you for joining us as always.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Seriously, it's always so fun. Like this is like and I and I like that we don't agree about everything too because as as John tells me, it's good when you don't agree because then there's debates to be had. And um, I'll be interested. I'll be cu- tracking Coco's uh, results very closely to see who's right on her. Um, wouldn't
0: have it any other way. Well, thank you, my friend, and we will talk to you again soon.
1: Thank you so much.
0: All of you enjoyed my conversation with today's guests, preparing all of you tennis fans for what promises to be an exciting 2023 Wimbledon. Again, we will continue to preview all aspects of the year's third major here on this show throughout the course of the week. So stay tuned for further episodes with more fantastic guests. Of course, if you're looking for what's happening right now in the tennis world, head on over to our mini break podcast feed. You're looking to hear from players, coaches currently active in the game, head on over to the Cracked Interviews podcast feed and, of course, for coverage of the Netflix docuseries Breakpoint, head to our Breakpoint Show podcast where Gil Gross and I break each and every episode down. Of course, how do we manage to produce all of that content? Because of the endless and tireless efforts of our super producer, Daniel Westhoff, who, as always, has a of an episode uh, of a job to do excuse me day in day out making all of these episodes possible a shout out to him and again a shout out to our entire Crack Rackets team for all they do behind the scenes so that it is easy to do things like preview Wimbledon here throughout the course of the week with all of that said though that'll do it for today's Wimbledon preview podcast for our fantastic guests our super producer Daniel Westhoff and everyone at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network I'm your host Alex Gruskin you know what we said. Hey, great shot, and we will see you all next time. Thanks, everyone.